Welcome to the Zico Health Show. This is weight management expert, Narado Zico Powell. Here we discuss fitness, nutrition, gut health, alternative medicine, and anything else that impacts your health and fitness. So take a seat and enjoy the ride. So, welcome back to the show. See, today, I want to talk about inflammation and oxidative stress and how they actually relate to our metabolism. Because I hear these words being thrown around all the time. I mean, it seems like we blame inflammation for everything now. I mean, it's basically become the redheaded stepchild of the family. I mean, I'm not trying to offend any redheads out there, but you know what I mean. Because there it is, minding its own business. Then it looks around and some doctor or dietitian or nutritionist is posting on Instagram or is telling their patient or client that excess inflammation is the cause of their bad gut issues or their aging, you know, excess aging or even their eye issues. So then it's asking, what did I do? You know what? You're going to miss me when I'm gone. And he may have a point. Don't worry, inflammation, because I'm definitely here to clear your name. But before I do that, let's read a couple of Apple Podcast reviews of the week. One five-star review from Lima Locke says, Keep the content coming. You're very knowledgeable, and your content is right on time. Greg TG5 Another five-star review. This show really breaks down the habits we need to get our goals. They're as simple to follow. Thank you so much for these reviews. Nice and simple. Get to the point. Everyone, if you get good quality content out of my shows, go to Apple, give me five stars, and tell the world that this show is awesome. Now, with that being said, let's get into the episode. So what is inflammation? There seems to be a lot of confusion around it, but generally speaking, inflammation is the body's response to an irritant. For example, if you get a cut, right? See, that swelling that develops around your leg, that's inflammation. The cut sends a signal to your body, telling it that there's an injury. And then your body sends inflammatory cells to engage in tissue repair. So then, inflammation is really how our body protects itself from things that may harm it. But now that we know this, why is it getting such a bad rap? Because we often miss the key word when we hear the sentence, excess. So let's start by talking about our gut. Because if you listen to my previous shows, interviews I've brought on, or just, you know, the solo shows that I've had, you hear me talk about the integrity of our gut and how it impacts our health and, yes, even our body weight. There's an article. It's written in um, Harvard Health, and it indicates that when we eat food, our gut breaks it down into small pieces. And only those small pieces actually get absorbed into our blood. 
and then the rest is eliminated as waste material. And that's why eating fiber is so important. I'm going to get into fiber later on, but just keep that in mind. Now, there's some bacteria that's actually better to chop food into these small pieces and get them digested, adding calories to our body. And actually, that tends to increase our body weight. So theoretically, if we have more of that bacteria in our guts, it could be harder to lose weight. And you've heard me talk about the integrity of our guts and our gut environment. So that's basically what I'm breaking down here. The article goes on and it cites several studies in animals and humans where scientists actually transfer bacteria from the guts of two strains of mice. I want you to listen to this very closely. One that's naturally obese and one that's naturally lean. They take the bacteria from each and they transfer it into a third type of mice that has no gut bacteria. Now, the gut bacteria that's transferred from the naturally obese mice made the germ-free mice fat. But the gut bacteria transferred from the naturally lean mice, guess what? Kept that mice lean. So then, the scientists took bacteria from the guts of human identical twins, one whom was obese and one whom was lean. They transferred those bacteria into the guts of the lean, germ-free mice. And guess what? Same result. The bacteria from the obese twin made the mice become fat. And the bacteria from the lean twin, of course, did not. So then again, gut bacteria, what we have in our guts, make a huge difference. Now, even though scientists are still learning about our gut environment, and how it impacts her weight. They are realizing though that the gut environment of individuals who are lean are actually different than those who are overweight. So then that's where eating Greek yogurt, drinking kombucha, and other fermented drinks, or even fermented foods can impact your weight loss. Because what? It improves your gut environment. But please be mindful and remember to read labels. Make sure, especially in drinks like kombucha, okay, it's supposed to have a slightly bitter taste, that they do not have added sugars. Remember in episode 5 on the history of sugars when I talked about looking for words that end in OSC, like dextrose and fructose and maltose. Look for fruit juices and concentrates. There's just so many hidden names of sugars these days. There's an article that's published in Biomedical Central, and it basically discussed that owing to the essential role of gut ecosystem in maintaining host physiology, because the alteration, it can actually trigger a wide range of physiological disorders, including low-grade inflammation, metabolic disorders, See, again, metabolic disorders, excessive lipid, loss of insulin sensitivity, which actually increases the risk of developing metabolic disease, which is, of course, a huge issue and really impedes us losing weight. The article continues and uh, he explains that 
obesity-related inflammation and impaired insulin action are tightly connected because inflammation leads to impaired insulin action, which in turn contributes to the development of metabolic abnormalities. Now, that's a little bit about inflammation. Let's talk about oxidative stress. Because, see, oxidative stress is, um, I'll call it inflammation's rowdy cousin. See, according to an article in Healthline, oxidative stress is really an imbalance. And it's between free radicals and antioxidants in your body. Because free radicals, they can cause like a large chain chemical reactions in your body because they react really easily to molecules. Now, these reactions are called oxidation, and they can be beneficial, and they can be harmful, just like anything else. You see, oxidation is a normal and necessary process, which actually takes place in your body, of course. But oxidative stress, on the other hand, see, that happens when there's like an imbalance between the free radical activity and antioxidant activity. I remember I was, I'm a big nerd. I like Big Bang Theory. And I remember, I remember what Sheldon was eating something once and he said, he had a lot of antioxidants. And he asked Leonard, with all these antioxidants, what if I run out of oxidants? <laughs> Which is not usually the case, right? Usually you have more, um, you have too many free radicals and not enough antioxidants. But I know, I'm, I'm a nerd, so you got to see with me sometimes. But, see, when, when this balance is functioning properly, these free radicals can actually help to fight off pathogens. And pathogens lead to disease, right? Disease and infections. Then, when there are more free radicals present than kept in balance by antioxidants, then the free radicals can start to damage fatty tissue, DNA, and yes, proteins in your body. Hence, as I always say, right, that imbalance. That imbalance is what's causing everything. Excess. Now, what are some risk factors of oxidative stress? This article on um, Medical News Today states that oxidative stress may also protect the body from infection and diseases but that's more of like mild oxidative stress because your body is supposed to go through some type of oxidative stress in fact when i'm working out my muscles is going through oxidative stress it's just a matter of how my body responds to it and that's why it's important to weight train because you're training your body to respond to oxidative stress and especially when it comes to recovery eating adequate proteins, you know, getting a massage, getting a soak, you know, relaxing, those things, getting quality sleep, which I'm going to talk about, of course, I'm going to talk about that, you know, later on. That's why those things are so important, because it's training your body to respond to the stress that you put it under. But then, see, there's a large body of scientific evidence, though, and it suggests that long-term oxidative stress it contributes to the development in a wide range of chronic conditions. 
I mean, some of them are like cancer, diabetes, heart disease. And that's just a small list. Now, you know how much I love PubMed studies, right? So, of course, I got to throw one out there. This one, it actually indicates that oxidative stress is involved in several age-related conditions, like cardiovascular disease, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, chronic kidney disease, neurodegenerative disease, and cancer. Then, it's also included in sarcopenia. And if you know what sarcopenia is, that's a large, I shall say, the loss of muscle as we age. And even then, that loss of muscle too leads to us looking more frail as we age. This simply means that oxidative stress theory of aging, it basically indicates that there's a, it plays a huge factor in the rate that we age and how we age and how we feel as we age. So, you know, many of us out there are looking for the fountain of youth, right? We want to look good. When we're 51, it looks like we're 30. When we're 80, we want to look like we're 60 or even 50, right? It's important to manage oxidative stress. Now, let's talk about how they work together. Because oxidative stress and inflammation, they, they, they kind of like yin and yang. Of course, another PubMed study indicates that oxidative stress can activate inflammation pathways. So one work with the other. In fact, the inflammation triggered by oxidative stress is the cause of many chronic diseases. So then, either one is, is not necessarily bad in small amounts. Actually, they're not necessarily not bad in small amounts, but an excess of both is damaging to our bodies in so many ways. I want to go back and say something about inflammation. If we get a cut, and like I said earlier, our body sends these inflammatory cells to heal that cut, and our body can handle that. If you have 10 cuts all over your body, then that's when you have an issue, right? Because your body has to send, in fact, it has so many inflammatory cells and has to send them all over your body. So just think about that mentally when I'm talking about inflammation. That's what happens in your gut. When you're constantly creating that inflammation, then your body has to respond to so many different injuries. And that's often the cause of a lot of autoimmune diseases. So... Let's do this. Let's talk about some of the ways that we can actually reduce both. One, and I hinted on this earlier, but you guys don't get tired of me saying this, but it always starts with sleep. If you heard my interview with Dr. Kenneth Rodriguez, who is a practicing um, endocrinologist, he mentioned how sleep impacts our hormones, stress levels, and mood. He brought this up, which never really, never really thought about this, but when you, our hormones actually basically increase as they go up, right? They activate better when we're sleeping. And that's why guys tend to get an erection late at night or early in the morning. So guys, if you didn't know before, now you do. But see, quality sleep doesn't mean falling asleep and just waking up, right? Because that's what we do a lot of times. We go to sleep, 
whenever we can. We wake up, the alarm, you know, jumps us out of bed. And then, you know, we feel tired. We're not ready to start the day. We're groggy, we're miserable and all that stuff. But quality sleep is actually more about going through the proper REM and non-REM cycles. And if you have not read this article, click on the show notes to access my article. It's on um, how to get quality sleep. It, it teaches you the right habits to reset your circadian rhythm so you can wake up feeling refreshed and don't feel like you're ready to break the alarm clock. You see, in addition to that, there are, there are many health benefits to melatonin production. Because we used to think that melatonin is just a sleep hormone. But melatonin does so much for our bodies. See, one of the best benefits of natural melatonin is that it fights inflammation. Because that's when the nature is really healing your body. And I want to say natural because I don't want to just run to the store and buy some over-the-counter melatonin. But I do agree, though, that small doses of melatonin can be beneficial to reset your circadian rhythm. Um, there are times like when you travel, right? Like if you go to a different time zone and your body's not used to that, you may need to take some melatonin to go to sleep. Or sometimes on Sunday nights, I'll do that. Because uh, if I stay up on the weekends and I'm trying to reset my circadian rhythm so I'm in a natural sleeping cycle for the week, I'll take some melatonin. But taking too much melatonin can pound your sleep into submission. Then you wake up feeling groggy and miserable and sometimes like you probably shouldn't have fallen asleep because you just feel so terrible. So let's learn the right habits to reset our circadian rhythm so we can fall asleep faster, sleep better, and ready to conquer the world. The next thing is um, reduce stress levels. See, earlier, I stated that inflammation shows up to protect our bodies from threats. And when we're constantly under stress, our body thinks that we're basically always in danger. People always say, you know, your body thinks you're running from a bear. I'm going to say running from a tiger. I'm, I'm more of a tiger fan, even though I don't want to see one, you know, face to face. And guess what? Guess who shows up when your body is constantly under stress? Trying to help. Information. And that's one reason why scientists see a connection between excess stress and excess information. And by the way, again, excessive oxidative stress and information leads to accelerated aging. Muscle loss, fatigue, weight gain, and a ton of other stuff. And when I say stress, outward stress is the killer. And then oxidative stress, because outward stress can lead to oxidative stress. There's so many studies now that show that when we're constantly in a stressful state, that can translate to our gut, which can then cause oxidative stress. So that's why it is important to practice meditation and breath work. That's why it's important to try to find ways to, and to relax and actually heal yourself. Because as food plays an important role, but the habits we have outside of what we eat plays a huge role. Also, C 
see the link in the show notes. There's an article. It's published by uh, HealthWeb Magazine. It's written by myself and a few other experts. And we talk about simple ways to, or things you can do to combat stress. And trust me, the things that at least what I mentioned has helped me tremendously. Another way to reduce oxidative stress, and it's not discussed enough, is through a diet. So I'm going to finish up this episode by, sorry about that. I'm going to finish up this episode by talking about food. First, improving your omega-6 to omega-3 profile. Omega-6 is inflammatory and omega-3 is anti-inflammatory. There's another article I saw in PubMed that states that several sources of information suggest that human beings have evolved on a ratio of omega-6 to omega-3 of 1 to 1. So you have a balance between inflammatory and anti-inflammatory, one to one. But this is crazy because in many Western diets, I mean, we're talking about 15 to one. I mean, 15 omega-6 to one omega-3, sometimes even 17 to one or more. Because most of the food that we eat, especially the processed foods, they're rich in inflammatory omega-6. Now, remember, some inflammation is good, but you have to be able to balance it, right? But most of our diets don't allow us to do that. I mean, you heard me talk earlier in this episode and in previous episodes about how excessive inflammation is tied to fat gain and obesity. And some of the foods that are rich in omega-3s that we often don't eat are like flax seeds, chia seeds, walnuts. Um, fatty fish like tuna, salmon, mackerel. And by the way, if you, I have mixed flax seeds and chia seeds in my shakes, but just as a warning, you may fart a lot. So you may want to just be careful how you, how you go about that. And if there are apps you can download too that can teach you more about this and, you know, tell you the foods that are rich in omega-6 versus omega-3s. And of course, you can always talk to a doctor, dietitian, or nutritionist. Then, of course, you have to eat foods that are gut-friendly. Now, this may mean more non-GMO, organic, fresh foods. I've, I've told the story many times that when I first came to America and I heard the word organic, I had no idea what that was. Because I was raised in Jamaica, and everything we, we do is organic. So we never had to use the word. We never had to differentiate organic from non-organic. It's, it's, it's insane. But here, organic foods, I'm like, why, why does this apple cost a dollar more? That's insane. But that's the world we live in. And we now know how pesticides can destroy our gut and our health. And of course, lead to inflammation, oxidative stress, and more weight gain. Because what's bad for a gut is bad for a weight. And to be honest, this is another discussion you may want to have with your medical or licensed professional. And especially if you're working with a dietitian or an alternative medicine doctor or even a gut health specialist, you may have to go through some type of protocol to heal your gut 
This may also include limiting sugars and eliminating added sugars. One, we need to eat more complex because more complex sugars come as a part of nutritious foods and even those you want to eat in moderation. Remember that in most cases, we have to limit our simple sugars. Or, the way I do, if I'm going to eat simple sugars, I eat them around the time I'm more active. Because there are many studies that show that insulin sensitivity is best around the time that you're active. And that's when your body can use the sugars best. But not when you're sitting at home watching Netflix. You may also want to think about using some good substitutes like stevia. Because remember I talked in previous episodes that stevia doesn't spike your blood sugar. It's basically a constant. Coconut sugar may spike it some, but not, but, um, not as bad as, let's say, you know, regular table sugar. And, you know, if you absolutely need to add sugar to your, let's say, your baked goods, these are a couple options you can think about. But... Like I said, I'm going to say in this, and just like I said it in my past episodes, stay away from fake sugars. I mean, I, I mentioned in uh, episode five that some of these fake sugars are even 600 times sweeter than sugar. 600. What do you think that's really doing to your gut? I mean, some of the things that we eat, honestly... I think if our bodies could just come up and slap us, it would. Then, I want to quickly talk about fiber. Because we need to eat adequate fiber. I mean, I read reports that say that 75% of Americans don't eat enough fiber. I mean, that's just insane. Eat an apple instead of drinking apple juice. Eat an orange instead of eating orange juice. Eat a wide array, wide array of nuts, right? Like walnuts, pistachios. I mean, of course, if you're not allergic, you have to be mindful of your allergies, of course. But we, there's so many studies that show that eating a wider range of nuts. And by the way, peanuts are not nuts, they're legumes. So when I say nuts, I'm talking about walnuts, pistachios, almonds. So those are, tend to be my favorite. Because eating a wider range of nuts is can actually increase, or should I say, improve the environment of your gut and also the diversity of your gut. And we now know that having a diverse gut environment is key for health and sustainable weight management. You know how they say, you know, this report says this is good for that and this is good for your health and that's good for your health. Because now we're realizing that we just need to have diversity. Sometimes it's moderation. There's some things I don't eat at all. But there most things that I and most foods I do eat, I eat those in moderation. That way I can create that diversity. And the last thing I'm gonna say about food is stop ignoring micronutrients. I mean, these days, especially in the fitness industry, we talk about protein, protein, protein. Now we're talking about fats, you know, go on keto, eat fat and lose weight. Some say restrict carbs, right? But we'll talk about the vitamins and minerals that our bodies need to properly function. I mean, there are, there are studies that show a connection between obesity and vitamin D deficiency. 
There's studies that show deficiency with obesity and iron deficiency. Even when it comes to illnesses and diseases, there's so many connection now between a lack of vitamin C, which is such a potent antioxidant, and combating disease and combating viruses. So we need to have a good gut environment and we need to include our micronutrients. That plays such a huge part in that. So we have to stop ignoring that. And of course, I know I'm going to say this. Follow my Instagram at Zico Health and subscribe to the Zika Health Show. I'm on Spotify, Google, Amazon, and Apple. I will definitely continue to provide accurate, up-to-date, and actionable content. Now, these are just some of the things that you can do, but this is really a good place to start. Take the scenic route and enjoy the ride. Thanks for listening to the Zico Health Show. If you got good quality content out of this episode, save, subscribe, and share it out there with family, friends, co-workers, or anybody who needs to hear this information. Remember, always take the scenic route and enjoy the ride.